Hello, hello, and welcome to The Art of Being You with me, Rachel Wortman. You guys, this podcast is all about learning to be who God created you to be, embracing that person, and ultimately living your best life with Jesus. We've got a lot of great content today, so let's get to it in The Art of Being You. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Welcome to the art of being you. Um, You know, sometimes we talk about your personal development and becoming your best self. And other times we talk about things that are discipleship oriented, how we follow Jesus, which I believe also is you becoming your best self, me becoming my best self, which, you know, our best self is really the one that looks the most like Jesus. We've sort of believed for a long time through all of our oh-so-helpful Instagram-influencing self-helpers out there that this best self is this person that we imagine and usually skinnier, prettier, um, smoother-talking, you know, version of ourself. And that's not really what I'm talking about. Our podcast, The Art of Being You, is really all about you becoming more like Jesus because that person, that part of you, is really your best self. So, I don't know. Thought I would clarify that, get that out of the way. As we jump in today, we are talking about something that's been kind of heavy on my heart for a little while. And, you know, no surprise in the the culture that we're in. And really, should I say, the life that we've been living. I mean, we're going on 10 months now of the pandemic situation of just our whole world being put into a blender and just pulsed, right? Not even like turned on, but like chopped right when you think you can stop for a second. Nope, there's another one. Found an extra chunk of that pineapple for the smoothie and got to blend it again is sort of how it feels. And so I want to talk today about the topic of hope. And specifically, how do we maintain hope when we genuinely feel hopeless? I remember a guy named Steve Backland saying this comment one time where he said, any area of your life that is not glistening with hope is under the influence of a lie. Any area of your life that's not glistening with hope is under the influence of a lie. And that's not to say that you are absolutely believing a lie as much as it is to say that we do have hope in an abundant manner in Christ Jesus. And so when we are struggling to tap into that hope, there's something blocking us. And it probably is a false belief of some kind of what we think about Jesus or God or the Holy Spirit. And so I wanted to kind of dive in a little bit. You know, you're probably familiar with that verse in Proverbs 13, I think it's verse 12, that says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Uh, But then it goes on to say, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. And what this verse is saying is that when we don't get the thing that we're hoping for, disappointment is usually right around the corner. But when we desire something and we do receive it, it's like it brings synergy, it brings life into our being. And I want to be really clear and say that, you know, when your translation says the word longing, a longing fulfilled, this is not a quick process. Something that's a longing is not like, oh, I thought I would have Taco Bell for lunch and I drove there and I ate it. A longing is something where over time, over a period of time, 
day by day, month by month, we are believing for something that seems to never come. If you are single and you are over the age of 25, you probably know what longing feels like. If you are chronically ill and you have been for a period of more than three months, you probably know what longing feels like. If you are um, praying for a prodigal child that's been away from Jesus for a long time, you absolutely know what longing feels like. We could go on and on and on. And when we continue to hope, but we don't see any movement, we don't see any action, we don't see or feel that God is doing anything about that, it can bring this disappointment that almost sinks into the very core of who we are. I think this is why hope is a common topic in the Bible, because without it, it's like we don't know how to live our life. We don't know where to anchor, where to look, how to move forward. I really think when we are hopeless, one of the best things we can do is pray. But the way the enemy works it out is that when we are hopeless, the hardest thing to do is pray. Because it just feels like, why would I pray one more time? And I want to say a couple of things to anybody that's struggling with hopelessness right now. Number one, every prayer you pray is important to the Lord. You know that scripture where he talks about capturing your tears in a bottle, which I think is such a weird picture, right? Like we're crying and Jesus is like, oh, wait, hold on. And he gets out a little water bottle and store. I mean, I know that's probably not what it means, but that's the visual image I get when I think about that. And it's almost like, God, you could stop my crying by just helping me with this situation. So why are you storing my tears instead of fixing the problem, Jesus? And God just doesn't work on the same time frame that we do. He doesn't work in the same way that we do. And sometimes it can feel like, why would I pray again for this thing that God has had no movement in? I would say to you that every single prayer you pray is so important to the Lord. On this side of heaven, meaning if you are alive on the earth today, we have this opportunity to pray and long for and believe and hope in things that we have not yet seen. And that does not exist in heaven. And why I highlight that is because I think anytime we find something on the earth that we cannot do in heaven, those things are particularly valuable to God. For example, there will be no evangelism in heaven because everybody there knows Jesus. So when we choose to share the gospel with someone, whether we know they're saved or not, it brings God this sort of separate type of joy. This is my perspective on it, because it's something you can only do here while you're on the earth. And hope fits in that same category. Hope is something we can do before we get to heaven because once we are in heaven, once we die and we're with Jesus, for those of us that have said yes to having him be our Lord and Savior, then there is no need to hope because we are both in and with Christ personified. So I would say to you, every prayer you pray out of the longing of your heart is so important to the Lord. I cannot explain to you why the healing doesn't come yet. I can't explain to you why your spouse hasn't come yet, why the child hasn't returned back to the Lord, why all, you know, all the things that we long for haven't happened. But I can say to you that hope is so important. So again, I would just echo the words of Steve Backland. Any area of your life that's not glistening with hope is under the influence of a lie. So what do we do? Well, we begin to look at our heart and say, is there anything that I genuinely feel like, nope, never going to happen, absolutely hopeless? And that would be something that you actually want to happen, right? So we don't really care or have hope about the things that are indifferent to us. I mean, if you didn't vote for President Trump, then you have no care about anyone who hopes that 
you know, all the election stuff that's been going on in the last couple of weeks. It's like, like, well, what difference does that make to me? I'm not longing for that. That's that feeling that I'm talking about is the things that we're longing for and we're actually wanting to have happen. Those are the things that we need to look at in our heart and see, is this something that is under the influence of a false belief or a lie? Is my sadness about this topic something that I haven't really inspected with the Lord and therefore maybe don't fully understand his opinion? Here's an example. I was talking with some um, friends of mine, biracial friends of mine actually lately, um, about just the the situation in America regarding race. And uh, on the heels of the Capitol riot and just a lot of narrative about that. And I had asked her a question about, you know, her perspective is a little different than mine because her skin color is different than mine. And so we had a conversation back and forth. And it was so helpful for me to just kind of hear just when she looks at the world, what is she seeing? And when we began to talk, I noticed, you know, there's this sort of hopelessness there in, in the black community that things would ever really change. And so the question then becomes, do I continue to pray? Because even the act of praying feels painful in that place. And I just want to say, no matter what it is that you're longing for, we have to continue to have hope. I want to read this scripture over you that has really been ministering to me about this. And it's out of Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19. And you probably have, uh, you probably know this scripture, but I want to read it to you out of the Passion Translation um, because I really like the way that it's written there. So again, this is Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19. And it says, We have this certain hope, like a strong, unbreakable anchor, holding our souls to God himself. Our anchor of hope is fastened to the mercy seat, which sits in the heavenly realm beyond the sacred threshold, and where Jesus, our forerunner, has gone in before us. He is now and forever our royal priest, like Melchizedek. So what is this saying? We have this hope. So this is how we know that when we're hopeless, we're under the influence of a lie because the Bible tells us we actually have a certain hope that is like a strong, unbreakable anchor holding our souls to God himself. So when we feel confused, when we feel disappointed, when we feel like there's not a way forward, when we feel like the thing we long for will never happen, we have to hold on to the hope that we are actually merged with Christ himself. So what that means is that we can do like Galatians tells us and to boldly approach the throne of God with confidence. And when we do that, what we do, I think it's Galatians, maybe it's Ephesians. Now I'm off track thinking about where that reference is. But when we go boldly to the throne of God, then we, we have the confidence to look at why we are feeling hopeless. And when we look at why we are feeling hopeless, then we get to make a choice. Do I want to ask God to tell me what I'm missing? Do I want to just continue to believe and have God comfort me in the difficulty of believing? And any of the questions that the Holy Holy Spirit brings up following that. So we have this hope like a certain anchor that's binding us to Jesus. It's connecting us forever with him. Our hope, let me read it again. We have this certain hope like a strong unbreakable anchor holding our souls to God himself. Our anchor of hope is fastened to the mercy seat, which sits in the heavenly realm. Oh, I love this scripture so much, so, so much. Let me just tell you one other thing, and uh, we're probably going to keep it a little short today. But, you know, for me, I um, really was struggling with hopelessness. A couple of years ago, I was given a little um, inheritance from a family member that was all in, sto- in the stock market. 
And I'm not a big stock market person. And the way that it was given is that it can't be altered. It's sort of like um, like the money gets paid out to me, but I don't have any decisions, so I can't cash it out and get it out of the stock market. And I remember a period of about two or three years where I was so anxious about what would happen. It felt to me like, gosh, God, you provided this inheritance, but it could just go away in a moment. And it feels like I can't use wisdom. I can't use, you know, guidance from the Holy Spirit to input this at all. And it was just feeling really, really overwhelming to me. And I would find myself feeling just what waves of fear coming over myself, um, specifically related to losing it all. And uh, the Lord brought me to this verse in Psalm 16 that really changed my perspective. And I just want to say to anybody that's feeling hopeless about the future, think about this verse. This is Psalm 16, verse 5. And I'm going to read it to you out of the Passion Translation again. But this is what it says. Lord, I have chosen you alone as my inheritance. You are my prize, my pleasure, and my portion. I leave my destiny and its timing in your hands. When I found this scripture, when the Holy Spirit led me to this, I just was so overwhelmed with realizing that I was focusing on this natural inheritance at the expense of my real inheritance, which is actually Jesus himself. In other words, if the market crashes and I lose everything, it's okay because I don't lose Jesus. He is my pleasure. He is my portion. So what does that mean? That means that when I look at all of the things that there are to offer, the the world offers, you know, even the kingdom of God offers, when I look at the things I'm hoping for and I'm longing for, at the end of the day, if none of those happen, but I still get Jesus, I actually win. Because Jesus himself is the better portion. He is the actual better inheritance. And I love how David kind of ends this thought in Psalm 16 by saying, I leave my destiny and its timing in your hands. So as we're longing for something, as we're longing and hoping for something that is quantifiable, that we want to see happen in our lives, this can become like a prayer to us. Jesus, if nothing else, let me see you as the real prize. Let me see you as this the satisfier of my soul. Let me see you as the one that I'm actually really hoping for. And let me put my destiny, this thing that I'm longing for, this thing I'm hoping for, this thing I'm feeling frustrated and hopeless about, let me put it in your hands and into your timing. Now, this is a really difficult thing to do especially if you've been hoping and longing for a long time to the point where you are feeling hopeless. But look, this is the only anecdote for hope deferred. Hope deferred makes the heart sick because it can't see Jesus in the midst of it. So I just want to challenge you, no matter what you're feeling, how hopeless you're feeling today, I hope you're not, but if you are, take heart that Jesus is your inheritance He is your prize. You are anchored to him. And if nothing else, at the end of the day, we always have hope. Hope in who Christ is for us and for all mankind. So I'm praying for you. I'm thinking about you. I'm hoping that your year is starting off in a good way. I mean, what a wild ride January has already turned out to be. But listen, I have hope that this year will be your year to sink your teeth and grow your spirit, grow your ability to find and practice being in the presence of God. That's my hope for you and that we are going to become more like Jesus together in 2021. All right, you guys. Love you. Until next time, be blessed.
So you've just listened to The Art of Being You with Rachel Wortman. I hope you enjoyed this episode of my podcast. And listen, it would mean the world to me if you would subscribe and rate or review this podcast on wherever you're listening from. Also, share it with a friend. Help me get the word out. Until next time, be blessed.